You're listening to Driving Law, a podcast by Kyla Lee about all things related to the rules of the road. And welcome to another episode of Driving Law. I am Kyla Lee, and with me is my co-hostess with the mostest, Paul Doroshenko. Hello. Are you glad to be here for more than just the Ridiculous Driver of the Week this week? Uh, I'm, I'm just glad to be here overall. I enjoy it. And we had some good topics that we um, sort of sent to each other over the last few days to talk about. So I'm looking forward to talking about them. No chance for any pre-talk today. Pre-talk? What's pre-talk? Well, when we, you know, talk for three minutes about a topic sometimes beforehand. Oh, today, and then we I haven't... tell you, don't blow your wad. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's not, not a great uh, image. But in any event... Um, I don't want to see it. That's why I say don't do it. Uh, point being that um, we haven't had any chance to talk about it. And there's some pretty good topics. Yeah. I mean, the craziest one is that there was a study released and and we actually read about it last week but didn't get a chance to talk about it about how you can lower your blood alcohol concentration there is a way to eliminate alcohol faster yes surprising didn't I mean, uh, I didn't expect it it's not surprising in the sense of we've kind of replicated it on a very small scale well we replic- replicated it in a different way so um what we have found is that um, if you hyperventilate before you provide a breath sample, that you can lower the reading on a breath testing device, and that's testing breath for alcohol concentration. Yeah, it lowers it by about 20%. Yeah, it depends on, I mean, depends on various conditions. Like if it's cold air you're breathing in, it lowers it more. It depends on how long you hyperventilate. Um, and there's, you know, some theory behind that, and the theory... Um, the old school theory would be that you're clearing out stale alcohol from the lower part of your lungs, which the police material always says it's testing deep lung alcohol. Deep lung air. Deep lung air. Um, and the new school theory would be that um, most of the alcohol exchange happens with um, in the upper airway tracts in the mucus and the alcohol is trapped in there. And you may be clearing out the alcohol from the mucus or again just clearing out the alcohol from your lungs which could be the reason so hyperventilating will give you a lower give reading. you a lower reading but it doesn't, won't change your doesn't change your underlying blood alcohol concentration and that's the uh, that's the thing that these people found you could do yeah so they tested people and ordinarily if you consume alcohol you eliminate between 10 and 20 milligrams of alcohol per hour that's the average range for most people. Obviously, if you're a heavy drinker or you're, for whatever reason, biologically gifted, you can eliminate alcohol faster than that. If you don't drink very often at all, like my grandma, you might eliminate alcohol a lot more slowly than that because your body's not accustomed to it. And some people who've been drinking alcohol for years, uh, their liver's so damaged that they, they metabolize the alcohol very slowly as well, even yes. experienced drinkers, if they've damaged their body. So they wanted to know whether you could do it faster and they wanted to test this hyperventilation theory, but they had trouble for years testing it in real life because every time they'd get people hyperventilating, they'd see short-term gains, but they couldn't see whether or not that was actually sustained over time because if you hyperventilate too much, you just pass out. <laughs> well, you, you're, you're 
carbon dioxide oxygen concentration apparently uh, is the problem. Um, but science in, in has a solution for carbon they dioxide. A, they have a solution, yeah. <laughs> they so. now have a, a mechanism that they can hook you up to that does the air exchange for you while you're hyperventilating so that you don't pass out or get sick. And keeps the oxygen carbon dioxide concentration in your lungs at the right level that yeah so you can just keep going you can keep hyperventilating if you're physically capable of it I mean the, I, the issue is like if you the, the, they they investigated this for uh, with the intention of trying to figure out how they could help people who were in medical distress essentially as a result of yeah, like extreme, uh, intoxication. extreme intoxication and good luck getting those people to actually be able to participate yeah. and continue Can you to hyperventilate? Do it. Ah, fuck you, man. I'm not fucking that. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah. I've watched a few you, videos. Yeah, you've been there before. Um, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> no, but this, this, I mean, this is interesting because, uh, you know, you, you might be one day be able to buy some device that you connect to your, to, that you put over your mouth and you just breathe heavily and it, it gives you a little bit of extra carbon dioxide as you're breathing and helps you rapidly reduce your blood alcohol concentration. But like, and doesn't it just sound like somebody should be jumping in with a, designing a device now? Yeah. A little CO2 canister there. I just that think you all squeeze. the problems related to alcohol in the human body that you have to solve and like eliminating alcohol faster or telling people if you hyperventilate, you'll eliminate alcohol is just not, shouldn't be at the top of the list. You could sell them at the liquor store. Here, get plastered and then get yourself sober fast. We, we pump stomachs. You can like do one of those blood cycle dealies. What is it? Good. Dialysis? Well, no, they. I don't. I don't think they use dialysis for that, <laughs> Kyla. But yes, you could give somebody you could some. Do that. You could give somebody fluids in any event. Yes. Um, anyway, so they created this device that allows you to do it, and then they did this cool test, and I like this. They had them provide breathalyzer samples, but they also had them draw they blood. They draw, draw blood. blood, but they didn't draw blood like they drew arterial blood. So ordinarily, when you're looking at like drawing blood for the purposes of doing an ethanol test, you draw blood from the veins. Yes. The going out blood. Yes. But they're drawing the, or the coming in blood rather. They're drawing the arterial blood. Okay. So I wonder I've if never that understood makes a difference. if it, I've never thought it made any difference. Well, it's. it's I'm sure I've asked somebody at some point. In like versus out of the Twelve years ago at some conference, I asked some. I may have asked Wayne Jones or somebody like that. And I think I was told that um, it doesn't make a difference it, after after the alcohol has been absorbed for like forty five minutes. Then it's pretty evenly spread in the body. Oh yeah, I guess. But you can after. but you can draw alcohol. You can draw blood from the foot, and you're going to get a different alcohol concentration than you would if you drew blood from the arm. Uh, so I, I you know I, I would imagine so it might be. If they ever give you a breath different. demand, be like, yes, but you can only take it from my foot. Breath, breath demand. Blood only demand. can take it from yeah. my foot. Yeah. You can breathe into my foot. Um, you, how do you know? It might be higher concentration in your foot. For I'm all reasonably you know. certain the foot would be lower. I'm reasonably certain it would be too. Yeah. yeah. Probably take some time for I'll the blood to get risk. down there. Yeah. <laughs> you can take blood, but you've got to take it from my leg. You got somebody who can take blood from a leg? They won't have anybody. Yeah, my best veins are on my foot. All my other veins collapse. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I've been putting so much smack in my veins here. It's just all. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's all crusty. Yeah. And... That's maybe not what you want to say when the police are trying to take your blood. <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, um, so that was quite interesting. You can actually lower your blood alcohol concentration by hyperventilating. And it would seem to me on that basis that short bursts of hyperventilating could lower your blood alcohol concentration. And that would be something for us to test. Yeah, so like basically, you just hyperventilate for like a minute and then pause, get your bearings and do yeah, it again. Yeah, for three minutes and then just do it again. Yeah. And you'd be thinking to yourself, okay, yeah, I want to call a lawyer. Yeah. And all the way back in the police car, hyperventilate. And you're two minutes on, two minutes off or whatever, a minute on and two minutes off. Mm-hmm. And you might be able to lower your blood alcohol concentration. So we should really, we should really do that test one day. The only problem is who's going to do it? I'm not doing it. Because I'm not doing it. Yeah. Nope. We need a test subject. <laughs> and we would have to dose them one day and just uh, have them breathe regularly and then have the identical dose, the identical, on the, you know, a day or so later where they eat roughly the same thing and then go through the hyperventilation test and see. Moving off the topic of hyper, hyper, hyperventilation, today, Thursday, as we're recording this podcast, major announcements on the COVID front in British Columbia. Yeah. So, um, I mean, aside from masks in the, uh, every indoor space where the public is, has access. So, um, our office isn't the public, but we have to be masked except in our offices. Apparently now you can't travel. Traveling is done. No driving around the province. Yep. And that is going to really affect business. It's going to affect our business, um, although people might be uh, tend to get depressed and travel around town. Orders uh, on gatherings also now extend across the entire province. So if you're listening and you're like, I'm going to go to my buddy Fred's for a beer tonight. Forget it. Do not go to your buddy Fred's for a beer tonight. Yep. I heard Fred's an asshole anyway. Fred's a lovely guy. Oh, well, yeah. I heard different. Yeah, well, you don't know you don't know him like I know him. <laughs> anyway, um, I give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah, so that's quite a dramatic thing. It's going to reduce travel on the highway for sure. Um, yeah. You know, most travel seems to be um, on the highway. You know, a lot of travel is leisure travel. Yep. A lot of travel is people going to the cabin and things like that. And one wonders how many people will abide by that. Because back in uh, March, April, I don't think that they had great compliance with that. I knew people who went to their vacation homes, lots of them. Well, I mean, it's fine, I think, if you have a vacation home and you've got all your stuff and you're prepared to go and just stay in your vacation home and not venture out into the community. No, but you're, everything you're, with you're you. breaking the rule, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't see, like, I mean, yes, you shouldn't do it because it's against the rule, but I don't see the risk in that type of a situation. I don't think there's much risk, no. <coughs> it's the concern Excuse is me. when you're going out into those communities and bringing all the germs that you brought with you. Well, them. you have to go grocery shopping in that place. You know, you have to go, uh, you have to go to the liquor store in that place. You have to uh, go buy your gasoline or whatever you need sure. when you go there. Sure. So that's the issue, I think. I went to Ikea the other day. We needed some um, yeah. some things here to be able to divide up uh, spaces just to like block people so they wouldn't want to walk that direction. Um, so I bought some uh, shelf units and I could not believe how busy it was in the Ikea. And that was like, I went late at night to avoid 
anybody way there. People. And it was, it was, I thought it was way too many people. And the, uh, the uh, security guy told me when I was walking in uh, that they had a lineup, like a big line earlier in the day. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are just not taking it seriously. And the fascinating thing is like, we all had the capacity to do it at the end of March and April. We all just stayed at home and we self-isolated and we did it for two weeks. I think it was and easier now- then. It was easier because there was government money. People were getting CERB. And so they could afford to stay at home. But people are still getting that, but it's now EI. Okay. Uh, well, but there was... It was also easier because the weather was nice. You know, you could sit outside in your backyard. You could go for a walk um, in nice weather and not freeze your ass off or get poured rain on. Um, you know, there wasn't snow and things that other parts of the province are dealing with. It's kids were out of school too. So you had to be at home yeah. to deal with your kids. But the, I mean, it was a different, uh, it was a different attitude. We also didn't have plexiglass everywhere. Um, and we didn't have, uh, I mean, there's have... a false sense of security that's created by that. And I think about that right now because you and I are about to embark on a lengthy trial yeah. in the Fraser health region. Worst place we can go. The worst place in British Columbia. Uh, one of the worst places in Canada, I In believe. a 60-year-old courthouse yep. with bad ventilation. Yep. And I feel like there's a false sense of security in the courthouse because they put up some plexiglass and they've got some social distancing and they ask you questions going in. But look, I went to court today. I went to traffic court. And... There were two levels of COVID screening that I had to go through because if you park underneath the courthouse, there's the one the one station, and then they're in the parkade, and then once you get out of the elevator, there's another one in the lobby of the courthouse. And both times, you know, sheriffs that I see all the time, and like obviously I'm going to be honest if I'm having an issue, I'm not going to go to court, but they were like, feeling good? Okay. And that was my screening. Now, oh, I, know, I didn't get that when I went yesterday. It was like, there's the flow chart, and I'm trying to follow the flow chart. I've been like, to other I've, courthouses. I've, I've flowed through there. I, I think I'm good. Okay. I've, I've been to other courthouses where it's not sheriffs that I regularly <clears throat> see who I then go through the screening, but you wonder, like, if you're a lawyer or a frequent accused person at a courthouse or court staff, I was at the Main Street courthouse. Uh, earlier this week and at that courthouse court staff people that were working in the building and crown council were just skipping the screening altogether and i thought well wait a minute why do they not have to be screened like the rest of us they could be bringing in covid absolutely um yeah that's a major concern what i found when i went to traffic court i went through the screening and then after that it was uh you know there was some distancing in the hallway um, one really nice uh, transit officer wanted to say something to me and he got a little too close to me and I think he realized that he shouldn't have been that close. But then when it came time to go into the courtroom, we were waiting because there was a trial running and people wanted to get their ass into the courtroom and we were in the standard old funnel funnel in through the lineup. Funnel and then we get the into the courtroom and, and um, uh, our judge, it was, our, our JJP MacDoom is pointing, you stand over there, you stand over there. I'm like, well, who are you? I'm like, Doroshenko, you, yeah, well, yeah well, you're okay here. You know, like, I'm surprised you recognized me with, uh, this, with, the mask. with the mask and this haircut. He, he likes the, uh, he likes the mask. I don't know that I had my name on. I don't know oh. which side I had out. I might've had that side out probably. Anyway. Nothing but compliments from 
people in the justice system about our masks. They think they're hilarious. Yeah, no, they're great. Yeah. They are great masks. You um, can still order one at uh, lawyertoldme.com. Anyway, the, the travel shutdown, it's going to impact our business. With the gatherings order extended, it's going to impact our business. Kind of sucks because, you know, Christmas is the busy season. Well, it's true. I mean, impaired driving, we get more files when it comes to Christmas time. People still make the, um, but it's the not dangerous just us. decision. It's all the other law firms, too. No, it's the police. Police rely on that counterattack boost, and they need to show increased numbers during the counterattack operations of removing people from the road to get their counterattack money the next year. Well, there's that too, and they might get some overtime, which yeah, they're, the overtime they're not going to need to do. Uh, they're not going to need to do. And but I mean, who wants to work at a roadblock? The adjudicators <laughs> at Road Safety BC also get overtime this time of year. Uh, they could take their overtime and get their backlog of decisions done, I think. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I'm getting a little frustrated with that one. There are a lot of extensions these days. People are, are calling me and asking me about it. And I've got, you know, I've done a few dozen in the last few weeks. And I think I still have, or in the last few months, of it, I, I, there's probably like four extensions, five extensions I've got. And you're thinking like a month long, two months long to wait for your decision, even if you revoke it. And some people will be happy with that because at least they're exonerated and they get their money back. But other people, you you know, like you wonder what kind of system this is. This was not the way it was presented to BC Supreme Court. That's for sure. No. In any event, um, that's big news because it's going to impact also all sorts of businesses that rely on the movement of goods across the province. And even though the order doesn't extend to those businesses... It doesn't extend to anybody who's working, who's driving for work. The reality, though, is that people are being told, if you can work from home, work from home, which means there's going to be less need for resources, which means all of those businesses that rely on transport are going to see their revenue decline. They well, we saw a fascinating stations. thing in the summertime, uh, people building decks and, uh, and doing things on their outside and all the hardware stores that we had a, we had a huge shortage in BC on, of treated lumber, you know, in BC <laughs> of all places. And when I go buy treated lumber, it was still soaking from the treatment and it was, um, you know, and it was hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Um, the, um, <laughs> Will there be the same thing this time around? Will there be some sort of demand for things that people want in their houses? I don't know. I don't think so. I think people have got everything. So I think they may have squeezed that part of the economy out. I heard on the radio today <clears throat> that Shoppers Drug Mart was sold out of cleaning supplies. Costco was sold out of toilet paper. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So people, people are, are preparing to hunker down. Again. You and, know, I wrote you know, a song, Hunker Down, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I sent it to my producer and he picked a different song instead. Dr. Bonnie Henry said today that businesses who can transition employees back to working from home should do so until after the new year, until January. I thought it was till December 7th, the day that we'll live in. No, infamy. the extensions of the orders and the new restrictions are in place until December 7th, but she's expecting people to work from home until January. Yeah, those restrictions are going to get extended and it's going to get deepened. The question is, what can they do? Like, what can they do? Curfew? I mean, curfew might discourage people from driving around. Um, you know, I don't know what they can do beyond what they're doing because you can't police everybody in their home. Or no. can you? 
I mean, you can <laughs> if they want to authorize the overtime for police. The that Big Brother way. system. Everyone has to log into the app when they get home. Which raises really interesting questions about like what the powers of the police are in enforcing these health orders and and warrantless searches of homes and warrantless entries to properties to ensure compliance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't turned my mind to it. Do I need to? No. You want me to right now? No, I'm just saying it raises interesting questions. We don't have to answer them. I mean, the point is all of these things are only ever resolved when it gets to court. And how many of these things are actually going to get to court? I mean, a lot of people who get these COVID tickets and things like that, they probably will just pay them because what's the repercussion for it? It's not a criminal record or anything like that. It goes on your on your uh, Justin report at in uh in bc and that's it i mean unless you're charged under the federal quarantine act yeah but how many people are i don't think anybody very are. few yeah paul yes we're gonna have our ridiculous driver of the week the ridiculous driver of the week early this week why because you're going to have a lot to say about this ridiculous driver. Oh, is this? Okay. Well, this leads into a topic. So exactly. go ahead. So a man was pulled over by police and it turns out that he was violating some of the COVID restrictions that have been put in place to not gather with people outside your household, not travel between communities and was also drinking and driving. So he's violating his uh, his conditions of his requirement to isolate. But did he have COVID? Do it we know? It seems that way. Or at least he was exposed to it to such a degree that he was obligated to isolate. Okay. But he's, uh, he's investigated for impaired driving and... And blows into a roadside breathalyzer. Huh, so there you go. Well, uh, might as well reveal the big reveal, I suppose, and that is that we've had files where people have had COVID. They're Several. coming back from testing. Uh, the police look at them. They look impaired. Um, they're going to be tested, and they get the COVID test the next day. They're taking someone else to be tested because they've already been tested, and these people are blowing into breath testers, and you may be the next person to blow into this breath tester. But this person was drinking and driving in violation, allegedly drinking and driving in violation of COVID restrictions. But also, like, I get the drinking and driving is bad, but to me, the worst thing is going out when you're supposed to be self-isolating. Because if you do get pulled over and asked to blow, and you don't have have to have any alcohol in your body ever to be asked to blow now, you're now exposing everybody to that risk. Like, if you look at the structure of the ASD, the officer holds it up to you. In your mouth, you're blowing, you're in less than six feet apart proximity, and there's an exhaust port at the top of that device that's blowing your COVID-laden particles directly into the officer's eyeballs. I was discussing this with an officer yesterday in traffic court. You know, it's going spraying up and you can see it. He says, lots of times I can see it. Yeah, oh the yeah. The spittle coming flying out of the top of the thing. When we film Can You Fail It? We can we're... often see the spittle flying <laughs> yeah. out of the top. So gross. It is gross. But the um, point is that um, it exposes the officer. It exposes anybody else who's around. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, it contaminates the device. And the next 
you know, people who use it over the following days are all at, um, at higher risk if that person has COVID. But Paul, they changed the straw. Yeah, I know. So they say <laughs> that they change the straw. Um, and that's fine. Of course, it's a new straw every time. It comes out of a little plastic wrapper. The problem is the straw, of course, has, and we've discussed this before, two holes in it that go down to the, mm -hmm. to the uh, sample chain, chamber and the, and the flow sensor. And they have plastic nipples that, uh, every time I say it on the podcast, I feel a little bit dirty. But, um, Paul stick has to up pay me a dollar the, every time he says nipples. They uh, stick up into the, um, into the tube and that are exposed. And if you just inhale a tiny bit, pathogen in, and here we have it, we now see people who are supposed to be self-isolating, driving around, being people, forced to blow. People, people positive. With, people with positive COVID tests being forced to blow. And are the police doing anything about it? Nope. Well, not that we can see. Um, well, they're ticketing them for violating the COVID restrictions. Yeah, they are ticketing some people, but the, uh, the, the point is, I mean, some symptoms of COVID can be taken to be symptoms of impairment. Red eyes, yep. uh, lethargy, yep. um, difficulty standing, balance problems. Cognitive difficulties. Cognitive difficulties, yeah. There's, there's like COVID delirium. Yeah. I think I had that when I was sick at some points. Like looking back on it now, over, I didn't feel delirious overnight. at the time. Well, but, you sounded you know. pretty clear in the day, but overnight. There you, were some uh, days where I was like, I'm going to die. Oh my God. Yeah. That was uh, COVID panic. COVID panic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, you know, now we see it. We knew that it was going to happen. We said back in March that it was going to happen. At the end of March, we discussed this very issue. We've discussed it with Jan Semenov. We've discussed it and we just didn't have the examples of it. Mm -hmm. And now the examples of it exist. And certainly now we know Road Safety BC knows about it. And, and the government knows about it. And where are, you know, where, where are the health the, orders? Where are the health orders? Where's the discussion about it? Um, why aren't the journalists down, you know, banging on the doors of, uh, of Road Safety BC and saying, what are you guys doing about this? Because there are people blowing into devices who are supposed to be positive. isolating or yeah. are positive. And good luck contact tracing that. Oh, for sure. Um, and then, of course, the worst case scenario is that you've got refusal cases because people's lungs are such that they can't provide a sample. And we talked about that before in the, in the context of lung damage post-COVID. Mm -hmm. But what about people who have COVID? You know, the people who actively have COVID and are charged getting a refusal. At least two cases that I can think of. IRP. I've had actively sick with COVID, trying to blow, telling the officers, I have COVID. Yeah. And the officers just being like, you're making excuses. Are you kidding? If I were a police officer and somebody was trying to blow and they looked like they were drunk and then they're like, I have COVID, I'd be like, you know what? Now is not time for this breath test. I know. I'm going to issue you a 24-hour driving prohibition. Um, and somehow we're going to get you home on yep. the back of a horse because I'm not putting you into my car. Nope. Uh, yeah, I probably would, would drive them in my cruiser because it's the only safe thing. Um, with They've the, got the plastic with the barrier. plastic barrier. And get them home. And I wouldn't and let them go And all the windows them. down in the front. And, and in the back. Have <laughs> one window down in the back. Yeah. For sure. I just... And, the idea that they're not taking it seriously, it just... It, it boggles my mind. Um, well, I mean, everybody was masked yesterday in 
traffic court. So all the police are now walking around. The VPD now have their official masks. Everybody else was wearing a mask. In traffic court today, I saw an RCMP officer who was not masked. Well, it's interesting. Um, I spoke to a senior officer uh, or somebody who had an inside track. I guess somebody else who spoke to a senior officer. So here's the like quadruple hearsay. Mm -hmm. But they told me at the beginning of the pandemic that they were putting junior officers out on the street um, and the more senior officers were all going to work from home. Uh, and the idea was that the junior officers would be the first wave that would get it. Uh, and then hopefully recover well enough while the senior officers were part of the second wave to get COVID. Um, so I don't know that that was a brilliant strategy that they had. They just were... Shouldn't the strategy be, let's not give police officers COVID? Or let's not get COVID? Yeah. Yeah, well, it took eight months for VPD to get their VPD certified masks. So, as you know. Yes. Um, so the point is, we know, we know for sure that there are people blowing with COVID into roadside breath testers. And we know for sure that there is widespread community transmission, which means that there are people who are asymptomatic or who are symptomatic and haven't been tested that are out there. I mean, the number of files I read from people who are like, oh yeah, like for the last couple days before this, I'd been feeling really sick, so I was eating a lot of cough drops, or I had this dry cough that was bothering me. Like I have so We've many clients that, that say that. It's amazing how many people have COVID. Well, maybe and don't, they don't. And, and well, they probably do, like they might, who knows? You could start diagnosing them further. Have you lost <laughs> your sense of taste? I was thinking about that the other day. It was before they had talked about um, the loss of sense of taste when you had COVID back in March, April, mm -hmm. and before you were even diagnosed, you were you were like, I need somebody to bring me some pepper. There's none of the food in my house tastes at all. There's no taste in my food. Get me some pepper. And there's still a bag. <laughs> I was complaining about how bland everything There's was. a bag of pepper that's sitting in the <laughs> Richmond office still um, because you wanted pepper so badly. And that was before that became a symptom. It was before, it was right like a few weeks after that, they started talking about it being a symptom. No, it wasn't a few, it was a few days because I remember the moment I realized what was going on was when I heard it on the radio and I was like, huh. Yeah, and then I went I and ate those. something and I was like, I can I can only taste garlic and salt. Yeah. Well, I, I just remember that somehow you managed to get pepper and we didn't, uh, I, I had that bag set aside for you in the Richmond office that was supposed to go with your files. Darren found some and dropped it off in a box on my doorstep. There you go. So you had pepper <laughs> to make it through COVID. I got pepper, that I got be, salt, I got People garlic. are running around right now because of Bonnie Henry's yeah. uh, order today buying toilet paper. What they Panic should be buying is pepper. Garlic. Pepper and, pepper. and garlic and pepper. Ah, oh, so there you have it. Um, that was a um, an interesting, ridiculous driver of the week, but yeah. there's probably lots of them out there. Like, like, if you have COVID, just just stay home. Just 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 stay home. You'll well, get better. It is it is the law. Fast. You'll get better faster if you're at home. Uh, unless you're really sick, and then call for an ambulance. Yeah, or drive yourself to the hospital. But maybe also, if you have COVID, don't drink alcohol. Yeah, probably a good idea, but you never know. I mean, you know, some people, maybe it helps kill the COVID. There was talk about that at the beginning. <laughs> said it's a disinfectant. Trump said drink bleach. Why not just drink ethanol? You know, this hand sanitizer that I've been buying, I've been raving about it because it's uh, like 85% ethanol and nothing else. Uh, you can smell it. It's just like lovely, pure, strong vodka. All you have to do is uh, water it down. Yeah. Um, it's made by a distillery. 
I wouldn't encourage people to try any other brand, and I'm not telling you which brand this is, but it uh, happens to be uh, really good quality clear vodka. I just think, you know, if you're sick, <laughs> stay home. Don't go for a nice, drive. Nice cough. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It happens. If you're sick, stay home. <coughs> Don't go for a drive. And if you're sick and the police want you to blow into a breathalyzer, maybe before blowing, warn them and hope that they'll be reasonable. Yeah, and uh, tell them to stand at least at arm's length because you don't want to contaminate the officer. And if you have an officer pull you over and making a demand before you blow into it, you could ask how long, it, when it was last used, they might think that you're refusing. You could warn the officer, if I get COVID as a result of this, I'm suing you and your, and your police department too. Yep. And then blow. Suing you and your little police department too. Okay, well, that's our podcast. If you have any questions about COVID and driving, COVID and blowing, or blowing and hyperventilating, give us a call. 604-685-8889 or find us online at vancouvercriminallaw.com and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Driving Law.